Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Unsportsmanlike Conduct with the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Happy holidays. Here we go. I won't ask you about Christmas. Um, I know it's a uh, typically uh, not something you uh, uh, get ready for, as, as most of us. Is that not true? No, I don't really uh, don't really participate in any sort of festivity. All right. As I'm looking out at the tree, you can always come over for some eggnog. You know these things. Oh, the the tree! I'm sure that's uh, that's lovely. It's that's real easy to get rid of too. And there's no there's no needles hanging around the house. Anything? <laughs> oh no, it's 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 the uh, it's the uh, Costco bot fake one with all the lights on it. I don't want okay. I don't want needles or I don't want needles around the house. I don't I don't like that stuff. All right, if you're gonna do a tree, clearly fake is the way to go. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, all right, we'll get to other stuff in a second, but I still don't believe what I saw against New England. You and I were sitting right next to each other when it happened. When Jacoby Myers decided to lateral that ball across the field and Chandler Jones uh, snatched it, we can't say picked off or interceptions. You set me right on that t- tone. It has to be a fumble recovery, which I thought was very bizarre. Is that the craziest things you've seen at a sporting event live? I mean, it's. I hate saying yes, first of all, because I feel like we do this all the time of like whatever we saw last is the craziest thing that we've ever seen. Um, it's the best thing we've ever seen, the worst thing we've ever seen. Like, it's so hard to put those things into historical context. I mean, just going back with the Rams game last week, yeah. um, people were people were mad because I did a, you know, I, I did a list of, you know, top five worst losses the Raiders have had in Las Vegas, which, by the way, it's wild that there's so many of them that can make this list already. But um, I didn't have it at number one. And people were people were mad about it. How could you say it's not the worst? This was the worst. Well, I feel like oftentimes we just overreact to whatever we saw last and say this is this is the number one thing. But I, I think this is the craziest thing I've seen in a sporting event. Um, you know, do you want to go with what was it? Uh, Zion's first uh, first ever pro game. Yeah, uh, yeah. In Las Vegas. There was an earthquake. That was pretty yeah. wild. That was, that was pretty weird. Um, but yeah, the the situation, the fact that it determined the game, the fact that it was the Patriots and it was McDaniel's and Belichick, and so much talk about the coaching and how Belichick's teams just don't do dumb things, and then to have some to have their team do such a dumb thing that not only was dumb but then resulted in uh, the ultimate, you know, uh, a defeat at the end of a game. Yeah, it was. It has to be up there. It has to be. All right. Uh, it was the same day as the World Cup final. Uh, what was the more exciting football game, or is there any is there any decision to be made on that? Well, the World Cup final was one of the better you know soccer games we've ever seen. I mean, it, and to be in that situation and to have the stakes that high and to play that level, um, but that was just a good game. And although I'll, I'll say there's some similarities, and you know, the the that game was good and just wild and then dramatic at the end and everything else. I think the Raiders Patriots game was not very good. In fact, I would say the Raiders did not play very well, especially in the second half. They played terribly. Um, I think it was just a kind of a lackluster game that got exciting with one drive and then one crazy play uh, while the World Cup game was great all around. But I would say 
France played pretty terribly in the first half of the World Cup game as well. So um, I, I get, I mean, I would say the World Cup game was more exciting, uh, but I, man, that, that Raiders Patriots game gave it a run for, you know, three minutes at the end for sure. Have you come up with a nickname that you like most of all? I think I know which one you're going to go with, but have you seen any since you and I talked on that night in terms of uh, giving the play a nickname? Yeah, I mean, I think the first one that I saw that I liked was was lateral damage, which, you know, I think is a pretty good one. But um, fail Mary is hilarious to me. Fail Mary? Yeah, fail Mary, I think is really good. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it, it just encapsulates everything. Uh, about that I, I like that one that's pretty good um i just I, nothing stuck and i guess you know going back you know and, and obviously this is the fact that it happened the same you know a week before the anniversary of the immaculate reception is pretty wild too um but i i guess you're know, reading back to some of the details around that like that was a name for a while like it's not like right after the game everybody says the immaculate reception right uh, right it was i believe it was like a caller in like a sports radio show or some weird thing uh that happened that that got that name so that would have um, been pretty good if someone came up with that right after the show or right after the game yeah yeah i think i, I think you can give it time and let it marinate a little bit and uh see what develops but um, there's a lot of good options what was what was your preferred one i did not hear fail mary but that that's pretty good to me i i had not heard that one um, you know, uh, lateral damage was good. I think, uh, our colleague Cassie, didn't she have the last and something in Las Vegas off the movie? It was f- fear and lateraling in Las Vegas. Fear and lateral in Las Vegas. I think when it comes to these things, it's gotta be like short and quick. I think, yeah. I, I think you, you gotta go like immaculate reception, Holy roller, the Heidi game, all those. Like, I, I think you have to kind of like go, you know, short and, and, and right to the point. Um, uh, in t- in- instead of going kind of a longer one. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Max Crosby said, you know, he preferred Sin City Miracle, but I think that's just, you know, now you're just getting into, you know, some, some other ones that are very similar, like Minneapolis Miracle and those sort of ones. So right. um, I-, I thought fail Mary was interesting because it kind of encapsulates how dumb the play was. I mean, it was more right. of a dumb play than anything else. Um, Up until that point, uh, not a great game for them. Um, but anything that stood out to you up to that point of, of how they got to that point and what you, what you thought of their performance last week? Yeah, no, I mean, not much. Uh, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. And I, I thought, you know, I, I really, you know, I, I really liked Josh McDaniels kind of saying that on Monday where, you know, at his, at his day after presser, there was so much celebration of, you know, Hey, that was great. How, how much did you love this? How fun was it? And at one point he just, I don't know if he got annoyed or he just kind of stopped and said, look, we didn't play well. That's nothing we did. And we didn't make a play at the end of the game. The other team just made a dumb play and we, you know, somehow took advantage of it. We basically, accepted a gift on, you know, unwrapped it and, uh, and celebrated. And, and that's, you know, I, I think that's what happened. It wasn't some great thing that the Raiders did to find a way to win. Uh, they just took advantage of a really, really bad mistake. So um, I don't think anybody was like excited about the performance or the way that they played in that game. And I, I think that's fair. Um, but at this point of the season, especially it's, it's just, you know, nobody's asking uh, was the, uh, it's an old, it's an old saying, but uh, I think it was Andre James maybe this week that said, nobody's asking how it's how many, or maybe even Derek. Right. Said that. Right. right. Um, so, you know, it's, and that's true. It's like, you know, there's plenty of games that, went the other way at the end that you played well and didn't win. So you'll take it. Uh, but I, I think the thing that stood out to me mostly was the, 
the interior of the offensive line and, you know, you know, bless I mean, you, had guys, for, you had guys there who hadn't played since last August, who hadn't played football at all. Yeah, when wouldn't, wouldn't even been on the roster. Like you know, uh, uh, you have you have two guards. You know, Jordan Meredith comes in. You had uh, Ronis Grosso giving it a, giving it a go and and trying to fight his way through. But um, the fact that you know they just really didn't have any ability to get anything going because the offensive line was fairly stagnant for most of the game. And again, not not pinning it on those guys. They haven't played. They haven't even been in the in the building. I think you know Andre James was talking about the uh, the communication. I was talking to him about that the other day of how tough it is when you've had 16 line combinations and he said, look, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to make excuses on this or anything, but he's like, communication is so important to our job. And there's guys that I haven't even met before that are, that are playing <laughs> next to me. And I'm like, what are we doing? You know, how are we doing this? And so, um, you know, again, not, not an excuse. Every team deals with those things, but I thought that really hampered their ability to do much on Sunday. And, you know, you saw it, they didn't, they didn't play at a very high level. I, I thought they really stagnated in the second half in particular. So, um, looks like they're going to get healthier on the offensive line and that will help, but they just have to play better. They they have to be better than they were on Sunday. You're not going to win many games when you play that way. I don't think this is the truth because I think it was well justified, but over the last two weeks, he's made plays. He's done some things. Uh, if you go back and listen to Josh McDaniels, Max Crosby, and all these people talking about Chandler Jones um, and the things he did that we didn't see or we didn't know about, were we too hard on Chandler Jones, you think, as a media? No, I don't think so. I don't I mean, either. Look, I, I think it's it's a lot of guys that like him and a lot of guys that are going to stick up for him. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to come out and publicly trash him. It very rarely happens anywhere in the NFL, and it certainly doesn't happen when a guy is that respected in the locker room. But um, he's had a bunch of games where he just didn't do much. And there's a couple of games that he did, you know, have a lot of impact. He made a lot of pressures and uh, got to the quarterback, even if he didn't get sacks. So I think, I think everybody's right. That says it's not all about sacks and everybody's judging him on sacks and they shouldn't be. I think that's true. I, I think that there's times you impact the game without the sacks. Um, but I, but I think far too many games, he wasn't impacting anything. And it's right. not like there's a ton of offensive line attention on him. I mean, he's, he's playing on the opposite side of Max Crosby. So you know, all the attention is on that side. So um, he's a guy that hasn't, you know, certainly hasn't lived up to the contract that he signed with two has brought more than we've said, uh, you know, or than, than it looks like on the surface, because, you know, it's not just about sacks because he, he's, he's a good presence in the locker room for the guys, not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, you don't hear from him much because he doesn't want to talk about it, but guys like him, he's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. I see him, uh, uh, working with guys in the locker room on, you know, techniques and, Hey, th- you know, fix this. And I saw this in practice and maybe you should do that. So, so he's bringing those things and there's more than, you know, than just what's on the stat sheet, but you know, far too many games, he wasn't really much of an impact. And, you know, in that game, I, you know, I, 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 I hate doing this because, you know, it sounds uh, like you're picking on the guy, but let's look at that last play. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he, 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 he made the catch. Yeah, he he made the catch and and ran it in and got the stiff arm and you can celebrate that. But if that lateral doesn't happen, I'm sure what the film room is is saying is, hey man, you missed a tackle at the line of scrimmage. And again, if he makes the tackle, then they don't win the game. So good that he missed the tackle. But then gets pushed back to the ground by an offensive lineman, and then just sits on the logo and watches the play as it's downfield. And that's why he's back there to make the play. And so. You know, he didn't. Ch- all- he didn't chase the play. 
No, at all. And and again, he got pushed back down to the ground. But after he got pushed back to the second time, he just sat there. He sat down on the logo. And so good, good that he did for the team. I mean, if he doesn't do that, then he's not there to intercept, you know, to uh, step in front of that, to snatch that ball in the air again. Not an interception, but he did, he did intercept it out of the air and run it in. Um, but, you know, what, what, what is the team saying behind the scenes about that play if that doesn't happen? Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Uh, yeah, that he didn't chase the ball and he owes him 25 push-ups for sitting on the logo. Yeah, probably, yes. Um, I want to ask you... you, by, you the, know, by the way, you, you did your push-ups. Sure, I pounded him out, yeah. You knocked yeah. him out. You stepped on the logo. There's, there, on Sunday after the game, it was a pretty chaotic scene and there was a lot of uh, new people in there that hadn't been there before. And there was a lot of people on the logo and uh, they did not do their penance. You did, so props so, to you for that one. Did anyone... Did anyone remind people about the logo or were they just so excited to win? Nobody cared. No, a couple of people definitely were like, uh, well, here's the thing. A lot of them, I think, were New England media. OK, OK. So they had no idea. We should tell those listening if they don't know in both the Lakers, excuse me, the Lakers, the Raiders uh, locker rooms at the Stadium Legion and also at their practice facility, there is a Raider logo in the middle of the room. And the rule is you don't touch, you do not step on the logo. So what Adam is saying is after the game the other day, a lot of New England media wouldn't know that rule, I don't think, unless they have it in New England. They just didn't remember it. Yeah, they didn't. And I just don't think they cared. And then players, most, and, and we should say most, most uh, major league locker rooms in, in all sports have the logo in the middle. Right. Um, and it's the, kind of the same rules. So they would know. Uh, they just didn't care. And a couple of players went over and said, hey, you know, do your push-ups And they, you know, just ignored them. And I think part of it is, you know, if you're not going to be there the next day, then it doesn't matter for us. If we're, you know, we're going to have to take the wrath every day of not doing it if we don't do them. So we kind of have to, uh, unless you, you know, if you want to lose the respect of the people you're working around, I guess, because uh, we've seen players do it. So I mean, play, if players step on it, they have to do it too. So um, it's not like it's just a media thing. No. Um, I wanted to ask you, about Derek Carr uh, in terms of these uh, last three games. Um, we talked about this last week about them being auditions, uh, how he played against the Patriots. And, and do you think he's taking this a little personally? Um, 
when he picks up newspapers and, and goes on the web. And like we talked about last week, the last four were his audition. Um, and can they make that make him play better? We're going to talk a little, a little bit about how he's played in the cold, but do you think he takes that stuff personally, or do you think he's heard it for so long that it kind of goes off his back now? I mean, I think he's heard it for a long time, but I also think he knows it might be real this time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's different. I, I, I've gotten a sense just kind of being around him and talking to him a little bit um, the last couple of weeks that he understands that this is maybe one of the first times. Um, I, I think that there's been consideration in the past of maybe, you know, looking out there and exploring. And I know obviously a couple of years ago at the Tom Brady situation, that was certainly the case. But um, I, I think he sees the writing on the wall that it's very, very possible that this is the end for him. So I think it, it's been discussed a little bit differently. You heard him when he addressed it a couple of weeks ago, wasn't quite as strong with his, Hey, if, if I'm gone from the Raiders, my career is over, which is what he said in the past. Um, he's not saying that anymore. Uh, he's saying, Hey, we're you know, when the season's over, we'll, you know, we'll address that stuff or whatever. So it's been a little bit of a softening of the stance, which I think is more of an indication that he thinks, Hey, look, it might be real this time. And this might be, uh, might be the time that this team moves on and goes in a different direction. And obviously with this uh, administration that's in there, uh, having a year to evaluate where they are and trying to make some decisions. I, I think that there is certainly the possibility that, you know, these are the last three games that Derek Carr plays with the Raiders. And I think he probably understands that situation as well. Uh, not good in the cold under 37 degrees. I think it is Owen six, uh, no more than one touchdown pass um, in any of those games. So this week, uh, supposedly tomorrow, um, game time, uh, and it's going to be colder than this during the day. It's supposed to be 11 degrees. I have to think at 830 night, it's going to be even less on single digits. Um, what do you expect here? Uh, you know, run the ball with Josh Jacobs and, and, and not put Carr in a situation where he has to throw the ball a lot around the field and, and that, that frozen field? Yeah, I think I think you would expect a lot of running the ball if you can. Obviously, if uh, it'd be very helpful if uh, if the offensive line is somewhat intact, and I have a pretty good feeling that uh, they, they are going to get both guards back in uh, in Alex Bars and uh, Dylan Parham. So um, that would be helpful uh, to be able to run the ball the way they want to. But um, I think I think you saw and not every situation is the same. Not all weather is the same. Again, uh, one thing I think we often overreact and say, oh, if there's bad weather, it's just going to be an ugly, low-scoring, nasty game, which it often is, but sometimes it's not the same. You know, a wind that's very strong going north and south on the field is much different than a crosswind, which is a disaster, uh, which wreaks havoc on the on the game. And, you know, like in Cleveland, they're going to have maybe a swirling wind that would be even more of a problem. So not all, not all cold is the same, not all wind is the same, not all precipitation is the same, like rain is worse than snow. Um, all those things, but yeah, I would expect a lot of running and I would expect, I think, I think the way to really attack teams and, and whether that's going to be like this. And again, we don't know how bad it's going to be necessarily, but, um, I think the short passing game is really, really effective when you get guys kind of going, going East and West, kind of creating some confusion, getting into space and not just jamming the ball into the line of scrimmage and hoping to get a couple of yards, but, you know, opening up a little bit and, and running outside is really tough because the, the conditions aren't great. So, you know, it's hard to get footing to run outside, but to throw those little short passes, at the tight end to, you know, just a little hitch route to get a receiver one-on-one -on -one where, uh, where a defensive back has to try to make a tackle, whereas his, uh, his feet probably aren't getting very good traction. Like those things help 
I think a lot. So I think the team that adjusts the best, the team that is able to figure out how to attack the perimeters uh, without, you know, running there slowly. Uh, that's the, uh, I think that's the, the team that probably wins this game. And, you know, I would think that the Raiders are trying to come up with those kind of plans. I know Devonte Adams has uh, played many, many times in this. So um, he's probably one that you try to throw a lot of real short passes to and see what we can do with the ball after the catch. Uh you wrote this week about playoff uh, percentages, playoff chances. Tell the people uh, listening with the Raiders, obviously I think they have to win out. Now there are scenarios with eight and nine, but that's way too many scenarios to even think about to yeah. get into the playoffs with eight wins. But should they win out at nine and eight? Um, I think their percentages are in the mid fifties at that point. If they win out and they're nine and eight, uh, what's your gut tell you on this stuff when you looked at all the scenarios? It's going to be tough, um, but, but I, you know, the way that it all plays out, if the Raiders do win out, if they win their winning, their three games is the most difficult part of the scenario. That is the most unlikely part of them making the playoffs. Cause you got to think it's you know, not only underdogs against Pittsburgh on the road here, uh, which are also going to be underdogs most likely against San Francisco and Kansas city at home. Uh, so your underdogs in all three games. So winning all three games is the toughest task of this. But if you do do that, then you're above 50%. You have a, a better than 50, 50 shot of everything else falling into place. Um, the, well, the jets lost uh, to the Jaguars. So the dolphins losing one more game, um, or excuse me, the Patriots losing one more game has to happen. And the Patriots have some tough, tough spots for sure. So I would think that one happens. Um, so the Raiders winning all three, the Patriots losing one, probably going that, you know, that part's probably going to happen. Um, the biggest thing the Raiders would have to worry about if they do win their three games is that either the Dolphins or Chargers has to lose two of three. Yeah. So the Chargers have, they'll be favored in every game. They have a very easy schedule to close. Doesn't mean they're going to do it, but they're most likely going to avoid losing two of three dolphins. That's the one to watch for the, for Raiders fans. Um, it's very possible. They've got a game against green Bay. So, you know, green Bay, I think playing better football right now, they could win that one. And then, uh, you know, a couple games that are not very easy down the stretch as well for the dolphins. So it's possible the dolphins could lose uh, two of their games and, and open the door, but really the Raiders winning their three is the, is the toughest part. So that's the one uh, that obviously the Raiders are focused on and that they have to be focused on just taking the care of their own business. Um, and then fans can uh, cheer against the dolphins a little bit here and uh, you know, see if, see if what happened last year can happen again this year. They had to win four games in a row last year to close it out. And they did. Now you getting onto some other stuff or well, as we said off the top, not the biggest Christmas guy, but you also watch everything imaginable on television and in movies. So, ever watch Christmas movies that you enjoy? Because we asked a lot of the players this this week what their favorite Christmas movie was, and we had a hard time believing some of the answers we got. Well, I, I'm still very shocked about Home Alone 2 being a very yeah, popular was, Christmas movie in the locker room. That was brutal. That was brutal. That was Deron Harmon. That was brutal. Brutal. It was not even, it's not even just Deron. There's a bunch of them. A bunch of guys said that was their favorite Christmas movie, which didn't make a lot of sense at all to me. Um, I wouldn't have it up there. I don't think Home Alone is terrible. I think it's fine, but I do think it's, it doesn't necessarily hold up that well. Um, it's okay. Okay. I, I would say the, the best Christmas movie, there's really only two choices. Uh, There's only two good Christmas movies. Christmas Story? No. Really? No. No. Uh, Christmas Vacation is one of them. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, was it Uncle Eddie? Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, that's one. And uh, Bad Santa is the other one. Oh, yeah. That was very good. So I don't I know. I like, to, I like I the, to watch uh, those. Red Rider Ranger 200 shot uh, uh, BB gun for the uh, Christmas story for that little kid, that little Ralphie kid. Yeah, sure. It's fine. It was, it, that's a fine movie. It's okay, I guess. Um, but it's not on the, it's not on the level of bad Santa and Christmas story. And I did go to the Christmas story house when I was stuck in Cleveland last year for five days. Uh, you saw the, the lamp? That, you saw the lamp? Yeah. Went to the house. Nice. It's in, you know it's that, in you, Cleveland. You know, that house is up for sale now. I saw that on the news like a month ago that they're actually, whoever owns it's going to try to sell it. Um, are you going to buy it? Is that what you're? Is that why you were interested? No, I, no, I, I'm not living back there. I'm not living back there. But uh, I did. I I would like to know if whoever's buying it's going to keep it. You know, kind of like that, and have people come in. And I, I guess you don't buy a house for people to trounce through it all the time. But maybe you do as like a, a keepsake and say that you own that house, and you know, charge people to walk through. Do they charge you to walk through it? Uh, yeah, it's it's a whole thing, and there's a there's a store, and like they bought the house next to it as part of the museum. Um, it's, it's pretty wild and it's very close. I know, you know, we've talked on this, uh, podcast before about how I, I like to visit the most horrifying scenes in every city that we travel to sure. on the road for the Raiders. So, uh, it happened to just be very close to the scene that I went to in Cleveland, which was where there was just a, a horrific story of a man that held women captive for a long time. Uh, Errol well, Castro you know, was his name. it's close to a Christmas story. So, you know, they, 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 those two are, those two are close in, uh, the houses are very close, so I visited both on the same on the same trip. I dragged our uh, our colleague Sam Gordon around, and he's like, "You're a very fascinating person." <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, two extremes for sure. How about it's a wonderful life? Uh, that's terrible. It's I'll a terrible movie. Tomorrow night, I'll be watching that tomorrow night. Sure, it's, every it's Christmas, awful. Eve, it's, tr- it's tradition. It's tradition. Tradition doesn't mean good. Sometimes we have to snap traditions and break them because they're not good. Oh, there's nobody like George Bailey on Christmas Eve, my friend. It's just a, it's just an objectively bad movie. The Bailey Home Alone, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, it's, it's Who was awful. That? Uh, it was Jimmy Stewart, I think, right? Yeah, uh, I actually uh, had that in a trivia trivia uh, trivia night a couple of weeks ago and got that one right. So yeah, Jimmy Stewart, right? I did. Well, um, but I, I will I will say uh, I'll probably be watching Bad Santa. I will not be watching your awful. Christmas, whatever movie, and uh, and by the way, uh, it's this is the perfect year because we've got NFL football all day Saturday and Sunday, along with all the basketball on Sunday. Like this yeah. is a perfect Christmas weekend. This is you, you you will enjoy this Christmas weekend like never before. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I'll be I'll, I will be watching games all day on Saturday and uh, capped off by the Raiders game on Saturday night. I cannot wait. That is a that is my idea of a good Christmas Eve. Are there any stockings hung at the house? Absolutely not. You would not. <laughs> if, you, if you came anywhere near my house, you would not know that it's even December. Uh, well, I'll, I'll wish you happy holidays anyway, you and Larry. I'll wish you happy holidays anyway, no matter if you celebrate it or not. Happy Saturday. Happy Festivus, actually. That's today. That's, that's, that's right. my holiday. That's right. Happy Festivus to everybody. That's going to do for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Stacia Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Blue Wire, and Liquid Death. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. 
Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. Happy Festivus. We'll talk to you next week. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today for STN Sports and earn up to $100 on your first deposit.